one side. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit, liftoff. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. Doug, how's it going today? Happy February 1st, Taylor. Crazy. Feb 1st. Yeah. Unbelievable. And, uh, you know, last, was that last, when, yeah, it was last week we were talking, Dr. Mueller was here like a week before that, and we were talking about patriarchy last mm-hmm. week being a bad word. Speaking of which, uh, you sent me a quote by the very conservative, not <laughs> uh, Beth Allison Barr at Baylor. Why Baylor has this lady on staff out there is beyond me, but... Um, She said part of the reason that the biblical passages on woman be silent, um, that they were resurrected and the household codes were resurrected, was to help keep slavery enforced. That's absurd. I mean, that's so absurd. She's got this book out now that's circulating, uh, uh, and I actually, somebody actually sent sent me a thing saying, hey, we're going to do this study of oh, this no. book. And I'm like, don't, don't do it. It's called The Making of Biblical Womanhood. Well, my first tip that this was probably not a, a, a healthy thing for people to be looking at was a quote endorsing it by Jamar Tisby. Um, he's the CEO of The Witness. And I mean, you know, because you've, quoted him a bunch you know you sent me tweets by this guy um you know it's just it's just bad it's bad theology and she makes the uh the well one of the endorsements uh talks about that patriarchy is the subjugation of women and it has nothing to do with the gospel truth okay that's exactly what Mueller was talking about um, you know, uh, the, the biblical belief that God designed women, this is a direct quote from the back of the cover of the book, the belief that God designed women to be submissive wives, virtuous mothers, and joyful homemakers pervades North American Christianity from choices about careers to roles in local churches, to relationships. This shapes the everyday life of women yet. Biblical womanhood isn't biblical, says Baylor historian Beth Allison Barr. It's from a series of clearly definable historical moments in history. In other words, she's saying that patriarchy is not a biblical concept. Yeah, and, you know, just her comment there about, uh, you know, women be silent or the household codes were resurrected to help keep slavery in force. I mean, it's so nonsensical. And then, you know, there's a clip that's uh, involved with it that she doesn't offer any sort of, uh, you know, in-depth analysis of what she's talking about, which if you're a history, you know, she's got a degree in history, you would think that that would be something that you would add. And it's just uh, ridiculous on his face. Um, But, you know, you said something about theologically, you know, not not sound. 
Uh, well, another, the lady who wrote Jesus and John Wayne had a quote that I just read that no theological construct is perfect. All mm-hmm. theology is a human product, and humans are always contextualized. Uh, what they see and what they can't see is shaped by their racial identity. So it, that's another way. That's like a churchy's way of saying all truth is relative, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and that there's no way to, to know uh, what the truth is. And, and you couple that with, uh, I sent you this over the weekend, the guy who wrote Divided by Faith is now saying that two-thirds of all white practitioners of Christian, Christian uh, excuse, excuse me, two-thirds of white practicing Christians are not following Christianity. They're following a different religion, and we're calling it the religion of whiteness. Mm-hmm. So you see, what's happening there is you say mm-hmm. uh, outlandish things that aren't backed theologically, but then you attack the- theology and say, well, you know, there's cultural differences, and so... There's this and that that's different. And then to say why you should follow, you know, our brand of Christianity was, well, if you uphold to, um, you know, saying, uh, you know, hold into the Reformation or anything that's considered culturally Christian, uh, actually you're you're practicing whiteness and white supremacy. You're not a, a real Christian. So uh, I think you're going to start to see more and more of this. And it's I, I don't think it's going to stop with just those people. I mean, those Three people are pretty influential. They've wrote some big books that have gotten a lot of uh, uh, sales. So we'll see how yeah. it goes. But well, you know, she she I know she's written articles attacking John MacArthur's teaching on uh, on patriarchy, and um, you know, almost makes it a, a white patriarchal thing that she well, ties that in with it and, 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 and that that uh, clip that i sent she said that there is no difference between patriarchy and white supremacy that mm-hmm. they're the same and then that's why she goes in to say that uh well actually patriarchy was brought around to uh keep slavery in force which is so historically stupid that i mean you it's a surprise that she has a well a, she a she she made the the statement at one time that um you know um People like John MacArthur are revered as modern-day saints in an effort to suppress the voice and visibility of women. And that's simply not true. I mean, John MacArthur uh, talks about how it was women that were the first ones to see Jesus and that were the first ones to announce to the apostles. He, He talks about the roles of women. Uh, Well, silly, simplistic statements like that are, you know— they're just so easy to poke holes in. You know, like you just brought up one thing right there, but it's just ridiculous. And the only people who adhere to that are the people who already believe what she believes. She she does not believe that, and well, in complementarianism, she doesn't believe that men and women were created by God for different purposes. She doesn't. She's a egalitarian. Yeah, she very much is. And that's exactly what um, Dr. Moeller was talking about when he said, uh, it has crowded into the church now, um, and um, you know, and so much so that you know, Rick Warren out at Saddleback Church is got a huge influence out in in the world, um, and uh, basically, be recently ordained three women into oh. yeah. So, um, you know, I, I just think that. Uh, if you go back, I said this the other day, if you go back and you look at the liberal denominations that are in our world today, especially in American culture, the first ones that started ordaining women elders are the ones that 
were the first ones to ordain homosexual elders and let and, and make that more mainstream. Because when you start deviating from God's design and his role um, uh, for for how we are to operate his blueprint, you just open up a Pandora's box. And, and so now we basically have uh, a lot of places that call themselves churches in America that aren't churches at all. They're not because they're they're not a biblical church like just like dr moeller said you you wave a a affirming uh gay pride flag and you know from your flagpole as a as a quote place where the church meets you're not really a true church how many christians you know or you know people who are call themselves evangelicals do you think are kind of soft on gender roles and 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 stuff like that who think oh well you know why can't uh a uh a woman you know be an elder in a church uh you know i i don't know i would say that it's much more prevalent here in america than it is anywhere else um um she she basically uh, Barr said that the reason that it's so ingrained and so widespread is um, the whole evangelical movement, she says, in this country comes out of the context of 17th, 18th, and 19th century white European context, British imperial context. That's what she says has influenced us more than the Bible. Uh, it's not God's word that says I don't permit a woman to teach. It's not God's word that says I don't permit her to teach because it was Eve who sinned where he takes it back to God's design. It, it's a matter of design. It's not a matter of value. Women are valuable. You know what? I learn more from my wife. My wife studies and pours over the scripture and she she just in the last week, she's enlightened me to things that I, I didn't know. Like she's discovered, and it's cool because we complement and we work together. But as good a teacher as she is, and she's a really good teacher, um, she should not be teaching with authority over men. That's not the role God has designed for her, and she understands that. She knows it, but it does not diminish her her value it doesn't diminish her ability to gain truth it's just a matter of god's role and design and by the way every wednesday morning 10 a.m here at the salem center Lori teaches swat for women and she's teaching through acts and boy she has really discovered some stuff that you know we haven't we haven't known uh we've been walking with god 40 something years never heard of pastor teach on it but it's there because people have seen it before but it's just not brought out and uh, it was really cool um that that god allowed her to see this connection in scripture that uh, is there and there was a, a one of the commentators saw it but not many talk about it so it's just a cool connection that she's going to share i think next week but uh swat for women wednesdays at 10 at the salem center 7235 bentley road you're welcome to to come i'm sure she'd love to have you and um hey if you want to call in and talk about this today you can we're going to be getting into acts uh, 12 uh, how we can rest in his care but i know this is kind of a hot topic an important topic on patriarchy and all this stuff from a biblical perspective so 
All right, you are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. If you'd like to contact SWAT yeah, Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, Right now I'm losing back Stood on this stage night after night Reminding the broken That is Even If uh, or Yeah, Even If by Mercy Me Sorry, I was going to say that is Mercy Me with Even If And I said Even If first Oops, That's uh, okay <laughs> I don't think anybody would have known But now they know Yeah, well, <laughs> it felt awkward That's, coming but out But you know you what? Know? That's why, don't you like live radio? It just, I like it because it's just real. I mean, it's not edited. It's just talking about things that are going on. And I'll tell you, this this whole thing, and we're going to get into the text today, but um, this is is a big issue in our culture. The pressure that is being put on churches now are causing a lot of people to compromise and it's pragmatic compromise. We have to be sensitive to what's going on in our culture, but it, it goes against God's design. And, uh, and and I think as believers, we need to speak the truth about it. So I think we got a call, don't we? Yeah, we got Ann. Ann, where are you calling from? Oh, uh, sorry, I didn't realize I was going to be live on the radio, but um, I'm calling from Florida. Oh, awesome. Uh, well, what's on your mind today? Well, I guess uh, I've been listening to your program, and I guess one of the questions I had was, what are what are the source uh, verses that you use to define kind of the parameters for how women should behave and perform professionally and in a family to be godly? So I guess I'm trying to get more about your source context so I can review it too. Well, no, that's a great question, and, uh, you know, uh, and by the way, thanks for listening, and uh, thanks thanks for the question. You know, um, my wife has served in a ministry called Mothers of Preschoolers for a long time. That was an encouragement to mothers, and one of the things they had in those uh, those those you know mother support groups to encourage them to be women who loved God is Titus two. 
And in Titus 2, this is Paul writing to Titus to talk to him about how the church should function. And he said, older women, this is Titus 2, verse 3, older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, to be pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. That is straight out of Paul's letter to Titus. It is um, it is God-inspired scripture. It has nothing to do with European context. It's what God put there. In Timothy, First uh, Timothy 3, when he's talking about elders in the church, um, when, uh, I'm sorry, first, uh, yeah, first Timothy, uh, chapter, uh, three, he's, he's giving instructions over in the church and he's talking about the qualifications for an elder, which is uh, somebody who's an overseer. They're going to be someone in authority in the local church. He says they must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-control, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. And And these are qualifications for an elder. Right before that, he He's talking at the end of the chapter previously about women, where he says women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control. This is in 1 Timothy 2, uh, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly attire. In other words, don't focus on the outside, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Let a woman learn quietly with submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. So Paul takes it back to creation and design and First Timothy 2. And, and so First Timothy 2, and I would say Titus 2, really dovetail to say that a woman's role within the context of church is to train younger women and children to be a godly influence there and to be a godly influence in her home, to be a person who is not a doormat to her husband but is a complement to her husband. And um, I think there's uh, Ephesians five twenty two through thirty three, right? That's wives be submissive to your husbands as unto the Lord. Um, there's also First Corinthians eleven. Yeah, First um, Corinthians eleven is uh, is one too. Uh, yeah, what is it? Eleven three. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Um, and then he goes on to talk about um, further about uh, gender roles and, and things um, there. Um, are there any uh, other good ones? Um, I I, I, th- I think that uh, there there's a, a a book I think that uh, I know Wayne Grudem who's been one of our guests on here before called Biblical Foundations 
for manhood and womanhood. And they they do a really good job in there. He he's a lot smarter than I am, um, and been around. He's he's got two really great resources on systematic theology and biblical ethics. But he edited this book, and and um, it, it really lays out a good uh, biblical, I guess, pathway for why. Uh, these roles are important in our culture. And I, I don't know if that's helpful for you, um, if that that answers the question. If Did, I could, because, oops, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. Um, thank you both. No, I, I appreciate the context because I always like to be able to go back to sources. I guess if I could ask one further clarifying question. The sources that you referenced, are those specifically towards how women should direct their roles within their families and in being a godly woman, or does that also uh, dictate or speak to the kind of professional roles they should take? So how do you, for example, reconcile like a, a woman who's in a professional career in terms of the teaching and mentoring and that piece of it as well? Well, I think a woman has a biblical role to nurture, uh, just like a man has a biblical role to um be responsible to for his family to raise his children. I think a woman, uh, according to what I just read in Titus chapter two, has a biblical role to be a a mother of her children who raises them in the Lord. Um, and if she works to the detriment of that, I, I, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's a biblical way to view. I, I have no problem with women who are able to go out into the world and do something. But if you go out and you work, uh, the Bible says to work at home. I mean, and what it means by that is if, if you, if you do a good job out in the world and you get your self-esteem from the world, but you don't have your home in order, in other words, taking care of your children and, and being a, a compliment to your husband, then what, whatever you do out in the world is not the best. For, it's, it's not what God wants. You're, you're missing the mark, uh, I, I think. Um, and it uh, doesn't mean that you, you can't do things out there, but if you do those to the detriment of caring for your family and, and being a compliment to your husband, then I think uh, that misses the mark. Um, is that answer your question? Is that what you're asking, really? Well, well, I think it's it. Well, one, it's the context. So, and you gave me some great sources, and I think that's a good follow-on because I had a question. It's good to hear the context relevant to a woman with family and and children. It, I guess my other question would be: Is how does a woman act if she doesn't have a family at that time? If she's unmarried? If she's single? Family? Is that still? Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know that that's. Uh, that's a really good question. I mean, um, if if a woman has no family, or let's say let's go to a, a single mom, because I know there's single moms that listen. You know, single moms, uh, unfortunately, in the Hebrew culture, uh, what would happen? A single mom would be absorbed up into the Beitav to be and have that family cared for by the senior father of all of them. That doesn't happen in our culture. A lot of times, single moms just get thrust out on their own. They have responsibilities to care for the kids, and they're they're trying to take care of their family best they can. Some of them working two, three jobs. I know one lady was working four jobs to care for her family. And so in that context, 
uh, that woman is doing her best to care for her children and trying to provide for them because somebody dropped the ball. I mean, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but in our culture, there's a lot of men dropping the ball. That's why we do what we do at SWAT. But I think if there's uh, uh, younger women out there uh, and they're out there working in a job to to just be out in the world, I don't think there's a problem with that for them to do that. Um, you know, it, t- it says in Titus that the older women are to train the younger women to love their husbands and children. So the younger women should be being trained in that value system. And if that job place where you're working is reinforcing a value system that says, no, that patriarchy's wrong, that biblical concept is really not what you want to be, then I think you might want to find another place to, to work. And, you know, not everyone's called to be married, right? And so there are going to be uh, people who, you know, women and men who stay single and end up uh, well, there were women missionaries like yeah. Amy Carmichael mm-hmm. and others who've served overseas but as missionaries. It is uh, a point then also to say that uh, motherhood is severely looked down upon in our culture uh, and it's denigrated if you are, quote unquote, just a stay at home mom. So there are plenty of people who don't want to get married and have kids because, oh, you know, I, I I'm supposed to do this. This is kind of what the culture pushes onto um, onto you. And there's a lot of women that I know of, uh, I know of a couple, I'm sorry, but then there's also, um, uh, more that speak to women who, when they're right around, they hit 30, they got great successful careers and they leave it to get married because they realize, Oh, there's, um, more that they want. They want the family life. Now that's not everybody. Some people, you know, again, that's not going to be everybody, but that doesn't mean that there's not a way that's of ultimate, uh, you know, that God has designed us and that would be preferable. Preferable for us. And just to tie it up, if a woman can work out inside the home, provide a loving, caring environment for her children and husband, then I think it's acceptable for her. So if a younger woman who's not married can go out and do that and keep her commitment to Christ, then I think we have freedom in Christ to do that. So thank you, Ann, for calling. Yeah, and thanks for your call. Sorry, we are up against the break, so we are going to have to run, but we do appreciate your call, and we hope that we were helpful to you. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. to SWAT Radio. That is Brandon Heath with Give Me Your Eyes. If you are just joining us, we have been talking about uh, gender roles and the church's views on gender roles, uh, talking a little bit about uh, patriarchy and how that's become uh, a dirty word. And we had a great call from Anne uh, asking some good questions. Um, 
So that's what we've been talking about. If you missed any of that, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Again, www.swatradio.com. You can click on the past programs link. There you'll find our full catalog of programs, including this one in just about an hour or so. Um, Doug, I think we could probably spend, you know, weeks talking about this, at least a whole hour. But I think uh, just to tie it all up, uh, there's an assault on uh, the Bible, and it's coming from many different ways and uh, places, sorry. And, and unfortunately, some of those are people who call themselves Christians. So um, what's what's a good well, way you want to? Well, uh, I just I want to warn people about Allison Barr. I do just because. Uh, she's getting a lot of traction in our culture and, um, you know, she, uh, uh, attacks the older Bible translations and is pushing gender inclusive Bible translations. And, um, she, you know, she, she sounds very smart and wise when she's saying a lot of stuff and, and she, and she, and she Actually, believe it or not, um, she ties in the black church or church, you know, made up of of black people to make it a almost racist thing, which is bizarre to me. Uh, But she's not the first person to use that narrative as a Trojan horse to try to get in. Because what does Satan ultimately want to do? He wants to divide all Christians. He wants to mislead even the elect. And... um, you know, um, she 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 made the statement: if we would look beyond our white selves, uh, all these ideas about biblical womanhood would explode. That that's what she says, which is just another to me. It's just it, it, she she never quotes the Bible. She never goes to the Bible and really tries to defend from the Bible, it's always cultural things that come. Well, and then there's textual criticism as for, uh, you know, women be submissive to your husbands. Um, her big critique is that is there should be a space in mm-hmm. there. And you know what I mean? And, and so there's a lot of academic talk um, that really signifies not a lot. It doesn't change the text, but it sounds mm-hmm. good. And I think, you know, if you go back to Genesis and how, um, it you know, man was given dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over every, uh, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And then if you go, when God, when God's talking about creating man and woman, particularly, um, you know, it talks about, um, uh, the man was, you know, the, the animals were brought to, uh, the man for him to name, but that God found, um, excuse me, that, but that there was not found a helper fit for him. Mm-hmm. And so that's why God created Eve and so clearly, a woman is meant uh, to be a helper, helper to man. And I think in the original before the fall, that was going to look much different than it does now. Because what's part of the curse of the uh, of the of the fall is in uh, chapter three, verse fifteen. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. And then also um, going on, your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Mm. So clearly, though, there's elements of the fall. You know, people look at that, that he will rule over you and say, oh, see, there was never supposed to be gender roles. But there was gender roles that were in place before the fall. It's just that the fall has corrupted what that looks like. And so the answer to that is not to say, oh, let's get rid of any sort of gender distinction. The answer to that is to say, what does God 
will? What does it look like for a woman to be a submissive helper? And what does it look like for the man to be uh, a loving leader? Mm-hmm. Right. And instead of doing that, we're just trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater, as it were, and and just say, oh, well, you know, there's different theological context for how you should read the Bible. That's different for every person. Instead of saying the Bible's true and let us conform ourselves to it because, uh, you know, even if it's something that we don't quite understand, that's God's will and it'll be beneficial for us in the end. Well, you know, I, I think that um, it, it is an important issue. That's why we kept on going through this to talk about it because I think it's continually under attack. And I, I don't know, you know, they're trying to make the Equal Rights Amendment actually part of the U.S. Constitution, and it's it's not. But, you know, they're trying to make it, um, you know, right now 38 state uh, to ratify the amendment, um, but it hasn't become part of the Constitution. It's not. It, it's just it's something that's out there that people want to use. Feminist groups use them, progressive groups and – even the president of the United States right now saying it should be part of the constitution, um, that it should be passed and it just hasn't been there, but he, he wants to push it to even include transgender rights and equality be extending beyond, uh, things. And, and I just think when we look at things from a biblical perspective, one of the things about Barr, uh, the lady who wrote the book, she pushes her testimony and, and, and says this is the language that's going to address the culture. In other words, the Bible's outdated. We need to change the language of the Bible. It needs to be more inclusive uh, and change the gender inclusivity of the lang- of, of the Bible. And I, I just think people ought to be very concerned that you've got evangelicals out there that are buying into her writing and her book and are defending her and um people are it's a form of wokeness it really is because they're afraid of backlash they're afraid they'll be seen as bigots and and patriarchal like again patriarchal is a negative word but it's not the patriarchs like you said during the break you know the patriarch took care of the Beethoven. He didn't just uh, have, you know, he he was responsible for caring for the widows in the Beitav or the, the 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 people that were there. That's that's what his role was. It wasn't just some dominant force to make everybody serve him. He was there really to serve the people in the Beitav and care for them as a shepherd. And so, um, I, I think uh, that we really have to. We have to take a stand somewhere on this issue, and Christians need to stop being cowed down. I mean, I, I was finding myself, even in the conversation, feeling bad about saying, you know, a, a woman's primary role is to be that nurture to her children. That is the primary role God gave her. Yeah, and again, like I was trying to say at the break a little clumsily, uh, you know, there's people who had, you know, great careers who left them you know, in their 30s, realizing, hey, I want to have kids. I didn't think I did. You know, culture told me, like, I shouldn't be a, a mom. But And so and now that's not going to be every woman that feels that way, but there, that doesn't mean that there's not what's seen as a norm 
um, you know, and, and what you you find across generations of, across cultures is well. That, and Satan uh, lies to us. Mm-hmm. He does. He lies to people all day long. Lori has been a stay-at-home mom for thirty-seven years. It, we we made a decision a long time ago that that was what we were going to do because we felt like that was what God wanted us to do and it's what he, he instructed us to do. And so God provided for us. He provided for us all those years. Now, she worked early on when we didn't have kids. She was out working and contributing. But when we had kids, her primary responsibility was to take care of those children and nurture them. And I'll tell you, it's been lonely, hard. Uh, it's not uh, you, you sometimes feel it's thankless, she says, you know, but she did it not necessarily for the children she did it because that was her service to her king because that's what he says and uh and that that's the motivation for it and uh, a lot of times that that's just seen negatively now in our culture yeah it is seen like i said i my mom was a stay-at-home mom my sister was a stay-at-home mom you know ari's gonna be a stay-at-home mom um like that it, the the type of pressure that you get, you, you, which you don't think about, but that is come at you from every angle from the culture, is is tough, and that makes uh, doing that uh, hard. And as as Lori said, thankless. And I think that we as men need to, at every instance that we can, find ways to honor, affirm, and that, affirm, affirm yeah. our wives in that way. I'm very grateful um, because it, it, it is a very difficult task, especially in our culture today. Yeah, and our culture today, it's it's more difficult, I think, even than it was 20, 30 years ago. I'm thankful my mom, you know, my mom uh, raised us, and, and um, my mom did work as a nurse at different times, you know, but she, her primary role was to be there to care for us, and she did, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the things that um, we're looking at this week is we're looking at Uh, Acts 12, and one of the principles is that God's people are secure in his care. Mm. And we are secure in his care, and he wants us to call out to him in confidence. And we talked a little bit about that yesterday. I had you read, you read uh, Acts uh, 12, 12 through 25. What was going on is Herod was, uh, the King Herod uh, Agrippa who was a grandson of Herod the Great, and he had killed James, had Peter in prison. Peter just, Peter just gets out of prison. And it's kind of the story of Peter being ushered out of prison by an angel, and the people that are praying for him to be released don't believe he's really released. And, you know, um, we are like that. We're very slow to believe God hears our prayers. Um even when he grants exactly what we're asking for. And I don't know why that is. I want to share a story. I know we got to go to the break, but I want to share a story when we come back about my oldest daughter, Sarah, praying one time before I went to Russia on a mission trip. And uh, she was actually praying uh, as I was taking things over there. And I'll share that when we come back from the break about her prayer. And uh, me forgetting exactly what she prayed. Mm. 
before I went, and then seeing an answer to that prayer worked out. Hmm. So make sure you stick with us. We are up against the break. We will be back with more in just a moment. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 12, verses 12 through 25. Uh, We were late getting into it, so I'm not sure if we're going to be able to take calls, but I'm going to give you the number anyway, just in case. If you want to join the discussion, you can call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. So in Acts chapter 12, Taylor, we we looked at the fact that God wants us to trust him because his power is uncontested. And second is his people are secure in his care. Peter rested in that. He was asleep. The people were praying, but they didn't even believe that God was answering their prayer when he knocks at the door. And I asked the question, why are we so slow to believe he answers our prayer? Uh, When my daughter, Sarah, who's 30, was seven so this is like a long time ago 23 years ago uh she had packed uh over a hundred ziploc bags large ziploc bags filled with gifts for russian orphans this is when i was going over to russia quite a bit and um you know this was the first time that really uh, one of our children had taken a personal interest in helping prepare the packets that we take we we would take packs of toothpaste soap crayons coloring books candy and even a beanie baby in some of these bags for these russian orphans why the bible says we're love orphans we care for them and so we would go do that and uh these are things that we take for granted here in this country that you can have toothpaste a bar of soap but uh, over there that meant everything to them uh and so um sarah was uh got this all they went to the airport with me and um, when, you know, we got to the airport, 
as the baggage was going up the luggage belt. This is when you could walk down to the gate and you could actually see the plane. They watched the boxes because I packed it in boxes. They Sarah watched them go up the conveyor belt, and she turned to Lori and said, Mom, can we pray that, that bo- all the boxes make it to the children? And Lori said, sure. So standing right there in the airport, they prayed uh, that those gifts would make it to the kids thousands of miles away. Well, because a lot of times uh, when you would go into Russia at the airport, guess what they would do? If they saw stuff like that, they would hijack it. Mm. The, the customs people would just take it and put it they'd sell it on the black market they'd get all that stuff and they'd take it and use it so but sarah had prayed that that wouldn't happen and uh, later that night uh lori was tucking her into bed she again said lord please help those boxes make it to the orphans and you know the next day i, I landed in russia and i called lori and i said i had bad news <laughs> the large box and all of its contents uh, I had to open it up and show customs, and I tried to explain to the Russian officials what it was. It was for orphans, and I begged them to let me keep it, but they wouldn't let me. So they took that box. Um, but they had been so preoccupied with the large box that they let the smaller box go through. They didn't even pay attention to that. But um, I only had 30 boxes in the small box, but I was going to one city First, where it was a smaller orphanage, and then I was going to a larger city for the larger one. Uh, but I didn't know how to tell Sarah. I mean, she had prayed, and I didn't, you know, I was kind of rationalizing in my mind. Well, at least one box got to, through, right? Well, uh, Lori finally told her that one box didn't make it. And, uh, you know, she said, well, the children in Kirov, which was the big city, will have to wait. Well, guess what? Sarah said, that's okay, Mommy. I'm going to pray every night that the big box makes it to the orphans in Kirov. Well, she rolled over and prayed that, and Lori just like, okay. (laughs) Well, um, Lori tried to explain to her how impossible that would be, but she she just prayed and prayed and prayed. And every night she would say, Lord, please let that box make it to the children in Kirov while I was in this other city. Well, and knowing that uh, I wouldn't have enough for those, I I gave those gifts to the kids in the first city I came to, and uh, I was going to care off empty-handed for those orphans. Well, while I had to make a train change in Moscow, so when I was going back through Moscow, I heard somebody yelling, Douglas, Douglas, and I turned around, and it was my driver who picked me up at the airport, and he said, I have something for you. <laughs> When he arrived, he 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 had this big box on his back. The big box that my daughter had been praying every day. He said, your box, your box. He said, I couldn't sleep knowing that you didn't have it. And so I went to the airport and I begged the authorities to give it to me. Here it is, your gifts to the orphans in Kirov. Well, I knew Sarah had been praying but I was stunned. I really was. Even though I knew my daughter was praying, well, the Russian people, the the, the Russian authorities didn't do stuff like that. They didn't release it once they had it and they had taken it away. Well, 
I, I couldn't wait to get home and tell Sarah uh, about it. When I got to the orphanage there, I opened up the box and I had 67 bags in that box. Do you know how many kids were in that orphanage? 67 mm-hmm. kids. And, and it was like, I, I told that orphanage director, my daughter packed these gifts and I asked her, how many kids do you have? She said 67. And I was like, that's exactly how many there are. And so the prayers of Sarah were answered. Her childlike faith was put on display to me, to her mom. And, um, you know, prayer, God brought, God wants us to cry out to him. Why are we so slow to believe he really wants to hear us? That's a beautiful thing that Sarah did. And, and we should cry out to God like that with faith and hope that he's going to do that and trust in him. And so I just share that story because we need to know we're secure in his care. It doesn't matter what bad people try to do. It doesn't matter what evil people try to do. We can rest in his care. Peter knew that, and he said, go tell James what has happened. He wanted James, the brother of Jesus, to understand that. And tomorrow we're going to finish up this text and uh, finish up chapter 12 by focusing on the unstoppable plans of God. I mean, it doesn't matter what the world says. His plans are going to continue to unfold. And, I mean, I just think that, you know, I hope that if you're out there and you have some monumental thing that's keeping you uh, from doing something or something, there's a big barrier in your life that you're asking God for, but it just doesn't seem like he's hearing you. You got to come back to what James says. Ask in faith with no doubting in chapter one. I think you read that yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And then also James four, don't ask with wrong motives. Seek God's will on it and ask him, Lord, show me your way. Show me what you want. I'm asking you to do this. If you don't want me to do this, I won't. I won't do it. I want to follow you. I hope that's encouraging for you out there. I mean, like, I don't think I've ever shared that story mm-hmm. with you, have you? I never heard it. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I mean, how God moves. He moves uh, the heart of a seven-year-old to pray that. And then when the box is taken, she doesn't give up. So often we just give up. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's no use to pray. It's over. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, did you? I, I wonder, you know, that's just crazy to me because then that gets me thinking oh man how did like who was the driver talking to that was god you know subtly at work on that person's heart as well throughout yeah, obviously must have been because you said they don't get uh released uh, no like what, that, no but. when the customs guys take your boxes there's one way to get them back and that's to have enough money to pay them off mm. and i didn't have that money i didn't have the money to do that and he went out there and he begged and begged but you know sarah's attitude was she said you know when mom or when Lori told her she said mom i knew the bag was going to make it the box would make it i I knew it was going to make it Mm. she she never doubted i mean wouldn't you like to have that childlike faith again sometimes you know um we forget that with prayer all things are possible they are it doesn't matter it was impossible for Peter to get out of that jail. He had four squads 
of soldiers guarding him, two shackled to him. I mean, would you, if you were in that position, would you be thinking, oh, it's okay, God's got this, I'm out of here. I mean, think about it, for real. You're shackled to two guards, and you got a sentry inside and a sentry outside. If somebody told you, you're just going to walk out of here, you'd be like, are you out of your mind? Yeah. I I think if I was in that position, I would have been praying, Lord, maybe strong enough to, you know, withstand this uh, torture and death, right? Like, I I wouldn't even have entered my mind. Well, what if you're in, over in the, in the house praying? You're over at John Mark's house praying, <laughs> Lord, deliver Peter. Lord deliver, Lord, deliver Peter. And you hear the knock on the door. Would your first thought be, no way. No, that's not him. You're crazy. You're out of your mind. I mean, think about that. It's almost comical. And uh, so, anyway. Uh, yeah, it makes you think. It does when In the text, does it say they were praying for his release? Well, no, it doesn't. They were probably they were praying just, that he'd but, be strengthened. No, but you know? listen, if you go back to the text and look, uh, it does say that um, when, when they were praying, uh, they were pra- it says uh, Herod uh, imprisoned him. Uh, I can't get it. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made. Earnest prayer was made to him for God. That it it almost indicates that that but earnest prayer was made. He was kept in prison, but Mm, earnest prayer was made for him. Why would that be inserted there? You know, and and so it was like they were praying. Uh, I I didn't know if they were like oh you know praying like God you know help help his resolve type thing and then unexpected even to them it's like oh he's hey out. we just got a question real quick why did David take five stones from the Bible or from the river because his Cause brothers Goliath had five yeah. brothers yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's a good one <laughs> yep all right that's all the time we have for today swap tomorrow morning at Woody's at the beach and at Salem Center at lunch yeah yep. make sure you're there if you've been listening to SWAT radio if you missed any of this program or you would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual